Writing your oncology case report is a huge undertaking, and it's easy to make silly mistakes that can derail your entire writing process. That's why you need my brand new masterclass, the three-step framework for a finished case report. In this free masterclass, you'll learn three of the biggest mistakes to avoid when writing your case report, the secrets to actually finishing your case report, no matter the patient case you've chosen, and my proven three-step framework for starting and finishing your very own oncology case report. Save your seat today at theoncopt.com slash framework. Again, that's theoncopt.com slash framework. Welcome to the Onco PT Podcast, where you'll learn from oncology experts, practitioners, and patients to help you on your journey to become a confident and competent Onco PT. Here's your host, Elise Decker. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of the Onco PT Podcast. Today, we are super excited because we have, honestly, one of the fan favorites back. We have Dr. Alex Hill back on the podcast. And if you don't know, I'm going to give you just a quick overview of the amazing person she is. <laughs> the dual board certified pelvic floor physical therapist and oncologic physical therapist. So she knows what's up, not just in one area, but two areas. And what's and- down. <laughs> and she's down with those areas too. Very nice. <laughs> um, I have to, I have to say, Alex, I don't know if you remember this. The very first time I had you on the podcast, this honestly feels like 17 years ago, but yeah. we got off of the call and we kept talking for like, I think another 45 minutes yep. and I was thinking it, but I'm the type of really awkward person where I was like, no, I'm going to ruin this. And you said it first. And I was like, oh, thank God. You said, did we become friends? I think we did. And that is that was like the highlight of that entire month. I was like, oh, I found someone who gets me and is just as excited as me. So anyways, welcome, Alex, back to the Onco PT podcast. Thank you so much. I was just absolutely thrilled when you asked me to come back on. And I'm just so stoked to be talking to you tonight. Last time we talked about how you are a dual board certified physical therapist and all that goes into that preparation and how that has ultimately served you to get to the clinician that you were at that time point. So before we get into kind of our main topic this evening, can you kind of update us on what's been going on since that last podcast episode? Yeah. So last time we talked was 2020, midst of the pandemic, still there in the midst of the pandemic. Um, since then though, I've actually moved to Florida, um, had to get closer to the beach, closer to my parents. So I'm now just a quick 30 minute drive from them, 30 minute drive to the beach. Um, so that has been a really nice change. And then, um, I'm still at a hospital based outpatient clinic. Um, still seeing all folks for pelvic health, um, women's health, men's health, transgender health, oncology, lymphedema, anything in those kind of specialty areas, that is my jam. So I'm very fortunate to be in a position now where I can still see those populations because, you know, you know, from our last conversation, it was a lot of work to sit for those board certifications to upkeep them. Um, if there's anybody out there now that's going through it, we have the mosques, which is the maintenance of the um, certification specialty. So it's all these things to maintain your certification. So there's a lot that goes into it. And so for me, 
finding a new position, it was really important that I was able to work with these populations and I can. So um, that's been the biggest change is <laughs> moving to Florida from Maryland um, in the heat of summer at that, still in the pandemic. So that was interesting. Um, and then still building on Oncopelvic PT. Um, this year I created a website for it, a blog, um, and I just in the last week, um, actually became an LLC, which is very exciting. So we will be seeing kind of what that brings in 2022 and beyond. <laughs> um, for those who are unfamiliar, can you talk about your Oncopelvic PT platform, please? Yes, absolutely. So this was born out of like, I feel like a, a lot of really amazing projects in the last year during the pandemic. Um, you know, this was when our hours were being cut. I mean, even in healthcare, you know, we, we assume that we're healthcare, like we have a stable position, like we don't have to worry about, you know, hours being cut or getting furloughed or having to submit for unemployment. No, 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 friends. This was 2020. <laughs> like Anything goes in 2020. Yeah. And so, you know, it was just something that I felt like I could have control over, whereas there was nothing else in my world or in the world that you know, you could kind of control. There was all this misinformation about things. There was all this negativity. Um, and so I want to, okay, what can I put forth to people? What kind of light can I bring to people? And so I was like, okay, what do I love? Physical therapy, <laughs> pelvic health oncology. And, you know, I enjoy social media. And so, you know, I started this platform last year. Um, I mainly do Instagram as my main platform um dove into tiktok fun fact my first tiktok video that went viral um i think it has like 1.3 million views shut up it was really stressful people don't tell you how stressful it is to have a <laughs> go viral and all oh the trolls out and like oh my gosh it was a very stressful couple days <laughs> but it was actually a, a response to a video that had also gone viral and it got picked up by IFL science and like all these different media outlets. Um, but it, it was about this woman who had a splint to have a bowel movement. So basically she had to press her thumb at the perineum to actually be able to have a bowel movement. And so I yeah. had a response to that, like, this is pretty common that people have to do. Anybody can do it, not just women, but if you do have to do it, like you should probably see somebody to see what's going on. Mm -hmm. So that was my first viral TikTok was talking about splinting to have a bowel movement, which my mom absolutely loves. She thinks it's hilarious. <laughs> I think she's probably my number one social media fan. Like any video, anything I post, like she is liking it. She is commenting, like she is the ultimate like hype mom. Hype mom. Um <laughs> Is Hype Mom on TikTok? Hype Mom, is, is she on TikTok? I think she is on TikTok. She is on Instagram. So she's actually an artist here in Jacksonville. Um, Kismet Art Studios is her Yay! handle. Um, and she posts a lot with her one-year-old puppy. Her name is Ruthie. So she's adorable. But yeah, so she's amazing. Um, so next episode, we're going to have to have you on to talk about TikTok because that, yeah. I feel like we need to have a social media episode at some point with you and <laughs> Kelly Reed, like yes. about social media, just powerhouses. Cause yeah, I think that would be a really good episode. All right. <laughs> Archiving that. Yeah. <laughs> Done. It will happen at some point. <laughs> so you have 
obviously been working on a lot of projects and even off air, we've been talking about some that I know are not ready. They're baking right now. They yep. will be ready at some point, which is super exciting. I have you on the podcast today to talk about something that is public and has been for a little while. And it's been something that has been kind of percolating, at least in my mind for a while. And it was cool to see it go from a thought to a conversation to then actually it now happening, which is super cool. So what is this project that we're talking about right now? Okay. This is the APTA Oncology Mentorship Program. Amazing. It's been such an incredible experience. Um, So the project itself was born out of um, my position. So I was chosen to be the Centennial Scholar for APTA Oncology, which was absolutely incredible, you know, to even be chosen for it. Um, And so the Centennial Scholar program was basically developed by the APTA. And it's a year-long program to basically help develop um, future leaders and the improved diversity and different experiences within that leadership versus just, you know, kind of the typical status quo that we've seen in leadership in general, including APTA and including physical therapy as a profession. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's been really cool. We have monthly meetings, all of us as a group. And so there's, for being centennial scholars, there's a hundred of us, which is really cool. Very, very cool. Um, yeah. And so um, they're sponsored by either state organizations. There's a couple students that are sponsored by their schools, um, the different sections. So I'm with the Oncology Academy. Um, there's some that are through the APTA Board of Directors. So it's a really diverse group of people that are doing this. Um, most of us are either students or early professionals or just after early professionals because I'm seven years out now. Mm-hmm. Um and so we get different lectures and, and presentations on like leadership style and management and strategic planning and all of these different areas within leadership that you might not get if you weren't in this program, or if you weren't in a mentorship capacity. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, so it's it started in January. It ends in December. So our final meeting is going to be actually in New York City because it was canceled earlier this year because of the pandemic. So now it's rescheduled. Awesome. Um, although New York City in December might be a little, <laughs> we'll see how the travel goes. But <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's an amazing program. Um, and it looks like they are going to be continuing it beyond just this year, which is very cool. They've had a really positive responses um, from the people that are doing it from the mentors. So it's been really incredible. That's really cool. And so Correct me if I'm wrong. A part of this Centennial Scholar program is you had to create some project or you had to do some capstone project as a part of this. So let's talk about why did you choose to do the capstone project that you did and are doing? Yeah. Well, and it was interesting because when this when the program first started, nobody really knew what they were doing. Like the sponsoring organizations didn't really know what we were doing. The mentors did like nobody really knew what we were doing. So everybody was like, Hey, do you have a project yet? Do you have a project yet? And so for me, um, you know, my, my background in leadership includes being on the board of directors for the now APTA public health, formerly mm-hmm. section on women's health, got that name changed through, which was awesome. Um, <laughs> and so, you know, I, I knew the importance of looking at the strategic plan, 
the mission, our vision, our values. And so I looked at those and I worked very closely with my mentor within APT Oncology, who's Scott Capoza, who I know you know very well. And he is just one of my favorite humans in the world. Like he gives so much to other people. Um, you know, he's just dynamite. He's just been absolutely fantastic. And so, um, you know, he encouraged me to, to look at those, you know, different resources, but also like, what are you passionate about? So we want to find something that you're passionate about, but also, you know, it needs to be tied into giving back to the academy, which obviously like I'm all for, like I want to advance the profession, especially oncology. Um, and so one of the things that was in their strategic plan was Im improving mentorship, basically. Um, and so I was like, that, <laughs> that's what I want to do. So it was kind of an easy decision to, to do this mentorship program. Um, and so it's just been kind of a roller coaster. We just launched it. Our first month was September. So we're going September to September um, for a 12 month mentorship program. Mm -hmm. I'm going to rewind a little bit mm -hmm. because I think mentorship, the word gets thrown around a lot. Um, I know when I was actually hired at my previous position, I was told there is a formal mentorship program that you are going to get. And, you know, it sounded like this amazing thing. And then once I started working, that was, it was not at all what it was um, touted as. And the actual formal mentorship that I got was very, very small and not what it was really advertised or pushed as. And so I feel like some of us are a little leery of mentorship right. is kind of just a word that is a way to get people in the door right? and then doesn't actually happen. So what is true mentorship? Right. So mentorship should really be between, um, you know, if we look at just a very broad sense of the word, somebody that has more experience in a particular area, working with somebody that doesn't have as much experience or knowledge in a particular area and helping to foster that growth, um, you know, in the broadest sense of the term. Um, when we boiled that down to what we wanted that to look like for our program, um, you know, we, I actually reached out to the other academies that are components that do have mentorship programs. Mm -hmm. um, and seeing the vast differences between them was really interesting. Just like you mentioned, like with a job, yeah, we have a formal program and it could be okay. One 45 minute zoom call a month, you know, it's that's formal, but that's not, it's not truly getting that growth and that development that's really mm -hmm. needed. Um, and so, you know, we looked at when we can get into this if you want, but you know, how to match people and why mm -hmm. we wanted it 12 months versus a shorter time period. Um, what types of resources were we going to offer people? So some of the other components have, um, you know, basically they match people once a year and then it's off on your own. There's no, you know, formal um, structure to it. And then there's others where it is very structured. They have specific goals for it. They reassess those goals each year. Um, and so we wanted um, you know, I worked with Scott and then um, Michaela and Shai, who are um, members of the AP Oncology um, Student and New Professionals, mm -hmm. um, the SNP. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so we had our little task force. So it was really great to kind of bounce ideas and see, 
exactly what you asked. What does this, what is a mentorship supposed to be and what do we want it to be for our academy? So it was really mm -hmm. great to have other ideas kind of to bounce off of from what I was thinking versus, oh, I didn't even think about, you know, something. That's really cool. Yeah. Did you have mentorship in your early career? I, so I count myself as one of the very lucky people. I, um, as a student, um, one of the first pelvic PTs, and she also did oncology as well, PTs that I shadowed was Meryl Alipatu. Um, and she is absolutely incredible. Um, like I said, she's one of the first PTs that I shadowed that did pelvic health and oncology. And I could see the, the benefits and the, the true impact that you had within one visit with them. But because of her background, she has a PhD, she's faculty, she does a lot of research. If you just Google her, there'll be probably 50 articles <laughs> with her name on them. Yeah, um, She's a total rock star. Um, but she also got me a little bit more into the research side of things, um, which I've always been interested in. I did some research in undergrad. Mm -hmm. I didn't quite have the background in clinical research. So I had my a background in kind of lab bench. I was actually a biochem major in undergrad. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and so she was really instrumental in getting me these different opportunities and helping to coach me in how to submit an abstract for CSM for my first poster that got submitted. Um, you know, considerations for jobs or for residencies. So she really helped me kind of critically think like she helped guide me but it was it wasn't just a hand holding like okay let's go down this path it was really what what do you want and why mm -hmm. um so she was absolutely phenomenal and then i also did a residency in women's health my first year as soon as i graduated um and having that mentorship so part of doing a residency is formalized mentorship so you mm -hmm. have you know 10 hours a week or whatever for formalized mentoring so that can be you know, going over didactic work, it can be, you know, co-treating with each other, you know, anything like that. Um, and so my mentors and my, um, you know, PTs that I got matched with for my residency, I had three that I rotated through, and they have continued to be mentors for me. Um, you know, between so two of them, um, Chris Holiday and Amy Panulo. So they were both on the board of directors with Merrill at the time that they were like, hey, like, we think you would be fantastic in this position. Like, do you want to run for it? And meanwhile, I'm on my couch watching, you know, TV, like, okay, like, sure, not really knowing what it was. But knowing, knowing that my mentors had that kind of faith in me to do something at that level, mm -hmm. um, really, really resounded with me, it wouldn't have been something that I'd be like, oh, okay, I'm, you know, I'm three years out, I think I'll run for a board board of directors position, you know? Yeah. Um, so having those kind of four mentors my first couple of years out really solidified for me, like how important it was to have a, a good mentor or mentors, because you can have them for different things, but also the importance of having that formalized mentorship program. Mm -hmm. One thing I'm also hearing and just reflecting on some of the true mentorship experiences I've had I'm hearing advocacy too. Like wow. someone is advocating for you, not just in the learning that you're doing, but also, Hey, here's kind of the next step where I think you can make an impact and where I think you need to go next. And I think that's really, really cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's having somebody, 
you know, make these suggestions or just show you different paths that you didn't even know were possible. It's like, there's, you know, like a, a hedge in front of you and they just open it up for you. And they're like, Oh, what? there's a whole other path there. I didn't even know, you know, or, you know, you see this big body of water and say, well, let's build a boat and get across it. You know, it's, it's these creative ways and, um, you know, just different ways of just making you think that you didn't even know were possible of paths that you could go through. And so we're, you're creating obviously the APTA oncology mentorship program. How did your mentorship influence how this program is structured for the mentors and the mentees? That, that's actually a really good question. Um, so the main thing I think that I took from my previous mentorships was trying was in how I matched people. Um, so we came up with this whole like kind of matching rubric that we were trying to do. So we actually we have um, 48 mentees um, wow. and then 37 mentors. So we had a couple of people that had to double up, but it was a lot of fun, but also a little stressful, like trying to match everybody by their specialty, where they're at in their career, both mentor and mentee, um, mm. you know, their geographical location, how often they would want to meet. So there's a lot of factors that went into it. But for me, those are things that are going to at least help you get started off on the right foot. Um, and so that was really big for me. And the other thing was having a structured, making sure that there's a structured time that you're going to be meeting. So mm -hmm. we did leave it up to the pairings to decide, you know, how often you you meet, but we did make a recommendation of of meeting or talking at, at least once per month throughout, mm -hmm. throughout the, um, the mentorship and then also having communication between those calls. So um, me and my mentee, she's absolutely phenomenal. She's kicking butt already. Um, but she, um, so we have a, a monthly zoom call and then in between we'll text or we'll email or, you know, we'll, we'll give each other different articles to read and critique and that kind of thing. So it's, it's these extra things that you don't quite get from either your job or as a student that mm -hmm. are really helpful. And so, uh, it started in September and so oh. we've been going for like a month now. Yeah. Yep. I think like, you know, September, October time. Yeah. And you said it's going to continue. The pairings are kind of this September to September kind yeah. of cycles. What are you hoping this is in a year? Like next September, what are you hoping to see? Yeah. So I'm hoping to see increased engagement from both the mentees and the mentors, a lot of the, the mentors are already engaged, right? And then we know this as volunteers, is if you're a volunteer, you're typically not volunteering for one thing. You're typically not, you know, giving back in just one way, it's multiple ways. So um, the focus was more on the mentees and, and what they could get out of this. Um, you know, mentors, obviously, we get a lot out of it. You had an amazing tweet, I think it was earlier this week or last week that you had like, back-to-back -back mentorships and you're just like, I'm feeling so invigorated, you know, and that's, that's the goal. We want people to get invigorated, to get ignited about oncology PT and getting involved with different things. Um, so, you know, seeing more engagement, increased membership, um, but also sustaining this. So the mentees, maybe they want to become a mentor 
in the next year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we want to see that we we really build a community. So um, like we're going to be starting to plan like a little meet and greet at CSM if there's anybody going to CSM. Um, you know, we, we want to really have a community available for people. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Would love to see a meet and greet at CSM, but yeah. even if it's not, we'll just do it. <laughs> uh, I, I really did. So the tweet she's referring to earlier uh, last week, excuse me. Um, I had my, in my mentor, uh, sessions, uh, back to back and, it was so fun. And I hope that my mentees had as much fun as I did because it was like, <laughs> I just love talking about oncology and it makes me so excited that other people are excited too. And so one of them's actually working on one of the diagnosis downloads for the student new professional stuff. So cool. Another one is um, just started her new clinical and is actually getting to go and shadow like an oncology team within her unit. And it's just, it's so cool to get to see people who are just as maybe excited about it um, and are, you know, students who are maybe going to like grow up like they're adults, but they're going to grow up to be the new oncology PTs. And I just think that is like so cool. Right. Right. Because when and we need we need more, period. Right. We, We need more oncology PTs. We have way too many people that are still coming out of school and they had a lecture or two on oncology and it was about red flags. I was like, well, when you look at the number of cancer survivors, it's not, it's not a matter of if you're going to work with one it's, it's when and how many a day are you going to be, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I just, <laughs> full stop. We just need more people. <laughs> it's, so it's, we so- have- it's so powerful that you say that too, because, you know, one of the things, I'm sorry, my dog's trying to break down the door right now, but it's, it really is, there's such a, a trend right now on social media where people are saying like, wow, you know, we're oversaturated by, you know, the year 2025, we're going to have too many physical therapists. And my retort to that is we don't have enough oncology physical therapists, period. Yeah. You know, I think it's every, I'm, I'm hope I get the statistic right. I think it's every 29 seconds, someone is diagnosed with breast cancer. And in the United States, for every one therapist who treats lymphedema, not just PT, but for every one lymphedema therapist in the United States, there are 1,000 to 10,000 people who have lymphedema. Yep. We are as undersaturated as you could get in these areas we do not have a lack of patience whatsoever, but not enough people know about it and feel comfortable enough to treat these patients. And I just love that the mentorship program is easing people into that just a little bit more so that maybe they feel better about treating them and will go and treat them. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Y'all, we need more, please. I know. I, I just <laughs> we just need more. We just need more, right? But and have and like you said, it, it's this mentorship program is so great because, um, you know, we screened all the mentors. Um, and again, we we were we were trying to be very objective with you know accepting people, making sure that you know we were having quality, good good mentors, and not somebody that you know 
just graduated last month and they're saying that they're, you know, an oncology specialist. Like you probably did a rotation, but we need maybe a little bit more, <laughs> you know, so we, we had, um, you know, a requirement of at least a year in oncologic practice and it, it didn't have to be in the clinic, right? Mm -hmm. you had people that were in academia or mm -hmm. research. Again, there's these, these avenues that I think even as, as clinicians that we don't really think about, mm -hmm. let alone that area in oncology. Um, so we wanted to keep that very broad, just, you needed, you needed a year. Um, and then we had, you know, other criteria or considerations like their, um, their additional training, if they had board certifications, if they were a CLT and, um, you know, we wanted to make sure that we had a, a diverse group of, of mentors, which was good because we had a very diverse group of mentees in terms of what they wanted out of their mentorship. Um, where they were at in their career, you know, a first year that's just starting out, but they know in their heart of hearts, they are doing oncology um, to the third year. That's like, I just learned about this and I don't really know if I want to do it or not. Mm -hmm. um, so it's been really cool to see even in here, even just in the last, you know, month and a half of this, of the program, feedback from mentors and mentees about how grateful they are for this program. Um so it's just been amazing. It's been awesome. <laughs> so for the person who is thinking now, oh man, I really need that. At what point? Because I know you said this is a kind of this program right now is running September to September. When can people apply to be in the next cohort of either being a mentor or being a mentee? Yeah. So, um, and we took a, we took a page out of, I think it was the pediatric Academy, um, where we're basically having one application period per year. Okay. Um, because to like, I mean, it took me probably a good two or three days to like match people and get like, I mean, it was, yeah. it was a process. So to do that multiple times a year and then looking at sustainability and who is going to be taking this over and that kind of thing, we decided, all right, we're going to have one application period i think we were talking about like june match july communicate august kind of like what we did this year nice yeah. um and so we will just like this year um we will take to social media we will tweet we will facebook we will you know share on instagram whenever and you know email out to the listservs um you know when that application time is available it'll open up um and then i think we i think we gave like a month or two for people to apply um, mm -hmm. and then, like I said, and then we, we match people. So it's going to be once a year, even if you're not quite sure, just sign up for it. We did have a couple people that ended up dropping out just because of like circumstances or just too busy mm -hmm. or something like that. Um, and so we're, we're looking at, um, kind of mitigate that next year, you know, instead of having to ask people last minute, Hey, do you mind taking two people? <laughs> So it was a very good learning experience this this year of things to to definitely do again, things to not do, things to modify. Um, but long answer short, probably once a year in the summertime. Yeah, <laughs> I mean that was a lot of work. And personally, I feel like you went into this whole a little bit as you were like planning this, and then as you were prepping for it to launch, and then as you were matching people. I felt like there were periods where you had to like disappear to just make it happen. So I know yeah. that there was so much behind the scenes work that happened to make this run as smoothly as what it has been over the last couple of months. 
Yeah, it, it sounds like, again, from the feedback that I've gotten, um, that it's run pretty smooth. You know, I think some communication things that I could have done, you know, a little bit earlier for, you know, email wise, or you know, there's, there's always things that you can improve on. Um, and then some other things that we're looking at is potentially doing like um, quarterly or twice a year, having like an all mentorship Zoom meeting for kind of, you know, nearing the Centennial Scholar Program where we have somebody talking about like leadership styles or different avenues, um, you know, within physical therapy that you can go into because that's what a mentorship is. It's not just a one on one. It's what are the other resources that are available and ABT Oncology is an amazing resource. So I want to incorporate, see if we can incorporate that maybe a little bit more um, into 2022 and beyond. Because um, technically with my, with the Centennial Scholar Program, it's done in December, but I'm staying on for an additional couple months until we can kind of transition it over. Um, but the biggest thing for me is, is what can we give back to our members what can we give back to students, to new professionals? But most importantly, like our patients, they deserve the best care. You know, they shouldn't be going to somebody that has no experience in oncology and they're telling them the wrong stuff to do or giving the wrong, the wrong education. And then, you know, months or years later, like, well, no one told me this, you know? So, um, you know, I, I'm, this is like my little, my little 2021 baby is this mentorship program. So I'm very dedicated to, to making sure that it's sustainable, um, that it's, you know, giving back to the academy, that's giving back to the, the people that are participating in it. Mm -hmm. You know, and Alex, one of the things, you know, we talk about obviously the benefits. We know this benefits the mentees. I know as a mentor, I'm learning so much out of this, but ultimately the people who really benefit the most from these relationships are the patients because we're able to really communicate information much more easily and hopefully connecting with between the mentor and the mentee, that exchange of knowledge. Um, and, you know, I'm going to throw myself under the bus here. So as we're creating, as we're working on preparing our um, oncology exam prep students for the course, mm -hmm. um, excuse me, for the exam, I am reading these articles and things are clicking now, three years into my practice that did not before. And because a lot of this for me has been like kind of learning on my own, learning on the fly. I had an amazing, and I've said this before, an amazing clinical instructor who really is a mentor for me. But having that kind of, you know, even if it's not one-on-one -on -one or like in person, being able to have that regular scheduled time with a person who is dedicated to advocating for you and helping you bridge those gaps. I mean, that's absolutely invaluable. Yeah. And what I would have honestly paid for that in my first couple years of practice, I mean, right. just, it blows my mind now. I was literally reading this article and I thought, oh, 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 that's what that means. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had, um, and actually another mentor, I completely had a brain fart with that, but um, she um, was the, the residency director and she, you know, another just total rock star. Um, and they, at Duke, they started the oncology, their oncology residency as well. Yes. Um, which is so cool. I was like, oh, I wanted this too. Like I couldn't back to back residency. <laughs> Um, but you know, with her insight between her and, and Meryl that I mentioned before being able to like really look at the research and apply it. Cause 
you know, in, in PT school, we have, you know, our evidence-based practice class. We learn how to read an article. We learn how to critique it, see the good and the bad in it. But it's hard. I mean, I'm seven years out and there's still something like, okay, how do I, how do I apply this in clinic? Um, and having that mentor to, to guide you, like I, like I had, um, you know, was, was really helpful. And that's actually one of the things that I'm working with my current mentee on is, okay, how do you apply this to your clinical rotation now? Um, or how do you, how do you read these articles that maybe you're not super familiar with? So, um, you know, I gave her, um, or I had her look up some articles on prostatectomy and the role mm -hmm. of physical therapy for incontinence. And she hadn't really had any pelvic floor, you know, uh, education or anything like that. She'd had some oncology. So it's looking at, okay, how do I use the knowledge that I already have? Plus, you know, learning how to critically assess the article, research it. So we've been walk, walking through that. Mm -hmm. And she's, you know, at a, at a really great program. But there's just that extra little oomph that you can get within these mentorships. Okay. <laughs> what, in your mind, what does this program look like in the future, in three years, in five years? Oh, my God. First of all, I want to see it thriving and continuing. <laughs> That's the biggest thing because it's hard to get a program like this off the ground and to keep it sustained. Mm -hmm. um, so I want to see that obviously, A, a that it has continued. Um, I want to see more mentees and mentors. Um, and I want to see um, probably a little bit more formalized structure in terms of resources that are available. Um, we have some resources that are on the APTA Oncology website that are available, but I want to see something maybe a little bit more robust or maybe even like a library for a mentorship program, um, right? Like different things that you can bring up there, like how to be a better mentor, or like how to get the most out of your mentorship. Um, and then having, like I mentioned before, these, um, you know, periodic all, all mentorship Zoom meetings with leadership talks and that kind of thing. So I what it is now, but better and more robust. <laughs> so I know we've talked already about, you know, September, September, things are going to start rolling again in the summer. Right now it's almost November. So what does the person who wants to be involved in this need to do now in order to make sure that they are aware when things are starting to pick up again for the next cohort? Right. So I would recommend following, um, since it's through APT, APT Oncology, following them on social media, um, you know, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, um, keep checking in periodically with their website, um, joining via member. Um, there's, you know, a ton of benefits as a student to join um, less I think it's, I think, I think it's a less rate as well. I'm pretty um, sure. It's <laughs> it's a benefit. Um, so I think those would be the, the best things to do. Um, and we do also have beyond just the formal mentorship on the, on the website, we do have a list of basically a resource list of therapists who have, um, offered to be a resource or to be a clinical site for people. So it's not a formal mentorship program, but, like I had somebody reach out to me because um, I'm listed on there and they said, Hey, like I found you on the resource list. I just, I have questions. Like, do you mind if we just have a call? Absolutely. This is what the resource list is for. So the resource list would also be another good way to at least 
connect with somebody mm -hmm. um, and to kind of keep in the loop of the oncology going on. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And, you know, y'all have heard me talk again and again about my love for APTA oncology, like the resources, even outside of the mentorship program are really good. So yeah, really easy. And everybody's so nice. Oh my God. Everybody's oh my so gosh. nice in that section. Yeah. It's been awesome. <laughs> uh, I'm biased, but I think we're the nicest section out there. So <laughs> I'll say it's a tie between pelvic and oncology. <laughs> okay. I, I, I'll accept that. I will accept that. <laughs> Oh man, Alex, this has been so good for people who want to follow you on social media. How can they find you? Uncle pelvic PT. I've now officially changed everything over. <laughs> Very nice. So we already talked about TikTok, Instagram, TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, okay. Facebook, and then my website. And what's your website again, please? OncoPelvicPT.com. I try to keep it easy. I try to keep it easy. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm always open to people, you know, asking questions. Like, please don't feel like you're ever bothering me. Or I feel like most therapists are like this. Like, you know, we don't, we don't do this to not answer questions and to not be engaged with people. So, like, I love when people, especially, like, students or new professionals, like, they send me a message on you know, on social media or they, you know, find my, my email and they send me messages like, Hey, like, I love your content. Like, I didn't know that I could even combine pelvic health and oncology and like, you're doing what I want to do. Like, how do I do it? Like, I love that. So please, like, please just contact me if you have any questions. Like you don't, you, I just, yeah, I just love this. <laughs> I think me and Elise are just like fangirls of oncology. That's why we're, that's why we're here. <laughs> no, and we were fangirling over some other PTs yes. before we started recording. So like, yes, yes, we are yeah. of the same cloth for yes. sure. <laughs> we really are. <laughs> oh, Alex, any last words you'd like to leave the audience with tonight? Um, I think the main thing is follow your passion. Um, you know, follow what, what ignites you. Um, and you'll, you'll end up on your feet. You know, I love teaching. I love the specialty practice of physical therapy. Um, you know, and I keep following, you know, when, when opportunities come up, I, I stick to that as my mission, right? And I keep landing in these amazing projects and meeting amazing people. So just find your passion, follow it. <laughs> mm. Y'all, I feel like she, she like she just spoke that right to my heart. That was like, really, <laughs> oh, I felt seen just then. Wow. <laughs> I see you. I see you. <laughs> Uh, Alex, thank you so much for coming on the podcast again. This was fun. Um, we've already got a potential date for our next episode yes. about our social media. Amazing. So y'all stay tuned for that. But Alex, I just really appreciate your time. I really appreciate your wisdom and all the work that you're putting into this mentorship program, because I think we're going to see some really cool stuff out of it. Not just yeah. now, but like in... Five, 10, 20 years, which is really yeah. cool to think about. When we're going to be oversaturated, but we're actually not going to be oversaturated. So it's going to be perfect. I welcome that day. I exactly. welcome that day. <laughs> Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. It's always a pleasure talking with you, seeing with you, hearing you laugh, seeing you smile. So thank you for all of your work and everything that you do. Thank you so much. <laughs> I'm your fangirl, just FYI. <laughs> 
Documentation is a necessary part of the skilled care we provide, but it can be time-consuming and require way too much brain power at the end of a long day. You need an easy button to get high-quality documentation done faster. You're going to love my new documentation templates, which you can find for free at theoncopt.com documentation. Again, that's theoncopt.com documentation. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the OncoPT podcast. For more episodes, visit theoncopt.com.